Welcome to the Great Exchange Podcast, a podcast about examining the lies that we have believed and exchanging them for God's truth. I'm your host, Brady Cohn, and joining me today is our co-host, Jason Wilson. Yeah, Brady, thanks for having me. Excited How's it going today, Jason? It's going pretty well. Nice uh, snowy day here in Kansas City. Yes. So Jason, you and I go way back. Uh, mm-hmm. We've we've been friends about 10 years. Uh, you were just this, this newbie uh, youth pastor right. in Lincoln, Nebraska, and I showed up at your church one day. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I remember you helped me out in youth. You were our uh, youth sponsor. Do we even have any more? Yeah, we had a couple of people, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yep, yep. You're, of all those people, which all those people are great, I think you're the one I'm still in contact with. Cool, cool. You were yeah. in my wedding a few years ago. Yeah. Honor uh, for that. I went way overboard with everything, and as you, always, you participated and so and helped out. So it was, yeah, it was great. It was a lot of fun. So, so I'm looking forward to this podcast, Jason, and really uh, examining the lies that our culture believes about sexuality, marriage, relationships, and you and I both come from very different places. Uh, um, I came from a background dealing with same-sex attraction, living the LGBTQ life. Um, I came to know Christ. About 15 years ago, uh, it's crazy it's been that long, but June 21st, 2006, I surrendered my life to the Lord, and after a lifetime of dealing with same-sex attraction, wrestling with that identity, behavior, same-sex relationships, I gave my life to the Lord, and soon after that, uh, walked away from homosexuality. And as we as we examine some of those lies that I had believed uh, throughout many different episodes of of this podcast, I always want to be very clear that uh, when I share my story, is for someone who deals with same sex attraction, who has walked away from homosexuality, the homosexual lifestyle, it's it's not a one and done. It is a journey, and uh, I'll never sit at a microphone, whether it's in a church or on here, and claim that uh, God just took this struggle away. Right. It's like, I'm married now. I'm uh, uh, married to a woman, have a beautiful wife, a wonderful little girl. And it's it's been a journey and I have struggled. I have failed. I've fallen into sin at times, but God's grace has always been sufficient to pick me pick me up and move me forward and, and bless me and give me a life that the world says is impossible for someone like yeah. me. You're a trophy of God's grace. Mm. Yeah, right? absolutely. So yeah. let's hear a little bit of your story, Jason. Yeah, um, you know, like I said, a little different. Uh, grew up in a um, you know pretty small church. Uh, I, I think something that was really impactful for me was uh, my brother died when I was very young. So for me, I always took kind of faith pretty seriously. You know, especially in a very legalistic church background where you know if you died today, where would you go? Well, I had that reminder all the time. You know, my, my brother's. Uh, death was very present in my family. So I took it pretty seriously. But like I said, grew up very legalistic church. Um, went off to Bible college later on, but after that, um, kind of had a weird, uh, where I just didn't want anything to do with church. And I really despised church people, which made it a challenge to be a pastor in that context, right? So ended up completely rebelling against God, dropping out of Bible college. Around that time, my parents sold their house. I was dating a girl, ended up moving in with her where kind of you talking about sexuality, uh, as far as that part of my life, it was much more, um, there wasn't a lot of giving there, right? It was more of a, a rebellion against God. It was more of a, um, I'm not submitting anything to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do what I want when I want. Um, and so yeah, I just lived that life for, man, it was almost a decade, I would say, 
And what was ironic for me in that, in that season was, um, I just felt kind of trapped. And at the same time, I know I was doing what I wanted to do, but felt trapped in that. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time I was praying, uh, feeling kind of Jesus drawing me back, but still feeling trapped saying, if you're just going to do something with this and, you know, God orchestrated some things that, uh, eventually broke up with that girl and, um, you know, single again after a long struggle of being with her in this kind of codependent, I would say unhealthy relationship, met my wife, um, got married, have four kids and I'm sitting here with you now. Awesome. So. Yep. God is good. And you're also a trophy of God's grace. Oh, and I love you. walking alongside you and Sarah yeah. for over 10 years now yeah. and, uh, um, seeing your marriage and, uh, what God's done through that. Uh, I, I think that one, um, cool aspect of our stories is that they're so different mm-hmm. and yet they're so much the same, yeah. uh, looking for peace and wholeness and hope in the wrong places. Sure. And as I talk about biblical sexuality in churches over the country, I share my story a lot about, uh, you know, God bring me to himself, uh, bring me freedom to a place, uh, in, in a place where I had felt enslaved my entire life. And, uh, but one of the things I always point out is that as God revealed to me, many of the idols that I was serving, uh, with my gay identity and living that life in the LGBTQ wor- world, uh, the, these idols of looking to a person to, uh, really give me hope, to give me wholeness, to give me value. As I started to then disciple and invest in, uh, other men and in, in, in college ministry, investment college guys, I seen some of that very same idolatry at the root of not only other, so many other guys with same sex attraction, but at the root of heterosexual relationships, this, this, uh, standard we've built in our country and that has creeped in the church at times about making our sexuality and making marriage about what can I take from this? Sure. What, can, what can this person do for me? How does this person make me feel? And I love Paul Tripp and some of his teachings on mm-hmm. marriage. And he talks about that a lot and says that if we're with someone, pursuing someone because of how they make us feel, then we don't actually love that person. We love ourselves. That's a self-love. We're, we're in sure. it for what they're doing for us. And so it sounds like, uh, your previous relationship, uh, has some of those similar threads of how does this person make me feel? What can I take from them? You know, I would say before I was married, we had talked about this before where it did feel it was very about me. And so, uh, I was not a very good boyfriend, you know, and this is, uh, way before I was married, uh, the girl I did it before my wife, um, cause it was really about me. And so, if I was frustrated, um, you know, I just wasn't kind. Uh, and it was really about how she could make me feel in that moment. And mm-hmm. also, you know, I was dealing with a lot of stuff of being a Bible college dropout, kind of losing Jesus in a way. No, yeah. theologically, that doesn't, yeah. that's not what I mean. Uh-huh. But you, like, that was that the feel I had of there was a replacement there. I, I kind of felt in that moment if I couldn't follow G, if I was going to be with her, I couldn't follow Jesus. And that just wreaked havoc in me spiritually. Um, and, and emotionally mm-hmm. and just even identity and purpose and who I was. And, and, you know, if, if I wasn't going to be a pastor that, you know, I was wrestling through that, what am I going to do with my life? And so there was a lot, there was a lot in that, but it was very much, it felt, um, you know, there, I have some regret around that. Like I felt like I did use that girl in that season and I, that's to my shame. Uh, the big shift was, you know, even in my marriage, Early on, it still was, I think, a little bit about me. And it took me a yeah. long time to learn 
that for me to love my wife well meant that I had to do things I just didn't want to do sometimes, yeah, you know, like a, a silly example of that is, you know, you, you know, Sarah, uh, she, she loves to like hold be hands. careful because she's going to be watching this <laughs> at some point. She, she loves to like, she loves when I hold her hand, but I'm not like a, a like PD. I don't know, like public displays of affection make me a little uncomfortable and I'm not necessarily a touchy guy, but just a small example that just even holding her hand when we're crossing the parking lot to go into target, like that's huge. I mean, that's not huge. Like Jesus getting on the cross dying for us. Yeah. But I mean, it was just that little bitty thing of like, I don't really want to do this. Of but dying to yourself. Yeah. It means a lot to it's her. It's not about you. Yeah. It's not about me. It is about her and not even doing it. So she'll say, Oh, you're a great husband, but just, yeah. man, I know that she wants to be loved in that. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't have any concept for that before. I mean, that previous relationship was all about me and how it made me feel. Yeah. And so that's why my highs and lows, they swung too. Uh huh. To where I was like, man, I can't stand her to, you know, oh, how, how can I be without her? It just was a horrible swing back and forth. Yeah. Because when we're looking for the wrong things and have unrealistic expectations, they're going to fail us eventually. Absolutely. Uh, one of the stories in scripture I go back to a lot that really shows that. We've been doing this since really the fall of man, Genesis 3, when, uh, you know, in the garden, when uh, we, we entered into sin. So Genesis 29, you see there's the story of Jacob and Rachel. And so if you know that story, uh, Jacob makes some really bad life decisions. His life is a wreck. Uh, and he has to flee his homeland and he's desperate. And he comes to this place and he sees this beautiful woman named Rachel. And uh, he was just infatuated with her. And so was, and he, he was so desperate to have Rachel as his wife that he's willing to enslave himself for seven years and then another seven years to have Rachel as his wife. And so was, was Jacob's infatuation, his willingness, his, his sacrifice to be with Rachel because he saw a, a godly woman and he had this picture of marriage of think about what we can do for God's kingdom together. Think about how I can die to myself to love and serve this person and make an impact for the kingdom. No, he, his life was a wreck and he saw a beautiful woman and he thought that she could provide him with redemption. Mm. And she was his outlet for redemption. Acquiring her was going to help redeem and restore him because his life was a wreck. And we do that all the time. It's like we, we turn to a person for redemption when the only person who can provide us with redemption is, is, is Christ. Yeah. And, and so we have this kind of attitude in our culture and sometimes that creeps into it to Christianity too, of that, what can this person do for me? And I, in my ministry, I, I minister a lot to parents whose kids are dealing with sexuality issues in different ways. And sometimes it's, it's gay, straight, uh, whatever it is. And I see this attitude amongst moms a lot. Uh, it can be all parents, but amongst moms, especially of, oh, if my son would just find the right woman and really set him down the right path. It's like, no, your son needs Jesus. Right. Uh, you're, it's a woman is not going to provide him with a redemption. Only Jesus can do that. And he needs to be at a good place with Christ so that he can properly invest in a woman. And right. when you're at a place in marriage where you both understand that you have everything you need in Christ, uh, then then that's that's freeing because your response and your love for your spouse isn't dependent on what they do for you because you're no longer finding your value and your hope through them. You can love them unconditionally in all circumstances because you have everything you need in Christ. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I remember something, uh, we've talked about this before, but it's interesting that somebody would think that, oh, if my son is struggling 
with a certain sexuality if he just met the right woman yeah. as if like as if a, yeah. a woman can fix him right or even like oh uh uh heterosexuality will save him yeah absolutely right? absolutely where it's yeah there, there's and plenty of heterosexual I've said, people that don't know jesus absolutely and i've always said that i know that homosexuality isn't what actually sends someone to hell because heterosexuality doesn't send them to heaven correct only christ can do that correct and when i uh when i came to know christ and i eventually walked away from homosexuality one thing i've always tried to be very clear on is that uh I, God didn't transform my life by taking me from gay to straight. God transformed my life from taking me from lost to saved. Right. And it was out of that internal transformation that, uh, that I started to live a different life. And over the course of now 15 years, God has you know, continued to uh, show me different levels of my heart, different areas of my heart, and twisted different lies that I had believed and give me freedom from those and exchange them for his truth. And, and through that, give me more and more freedom and it's out of that freedom that Christ has given me that that I can love my wife well and I still fail at that at times I still mess it up I'm still learning I'm I still you know we have very different love languages and sure. so uh you know uh I, my love language is gifts and so I love giving people extravagant gifts and uh um you know uh, and so I give her these extravagant gifts that don't speak her love language God God changes us from the inside out and it's it's through that change that we can be in a healthy marriage and love our spouse well and have everything we need in Christ. And that's that's freeing to our spouse because they're no longer put in a role that they were that's gonna crush them. Because when you're relying on a person uh here on earth to provide you with some type of redemption, that that's that's a crushing weight because they're that's a weight that they're never meant to bear. Sure. Uh you might have back up to what, something you said earlier. Uh, yeah, I'm just absolutely. curious, just as your friend and someone who's been with you for a while, coming from when you started following Jesus, you're still having struggles and, and challenges. Yeah. So along these past, what, if you said 15 years, uh-huh. what's been some moments where you can look back and be like, you know, that, that was definitely a challenging season. And then also on the heels of that, like, what were some times where you were like, man, I I just experienced the joy of following Jesus in that, yeah. even though you know, you're yeah. denying yourself, uh-huh. you're taking up your cross, you're following him. But it's not like I'm marching to my death initially, but like, man, I, I'm experiencing life right now. Does that make that yeah. question make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, there's been times when I've, I've fallen into sin, uh, had to step back from ministry one time for a season and, and really evaluate what was going on in my life because I was really struggling. And there's, there's a time when it's like, I don't know if I'm, I'm on the right path here. I, I, I felt like I was on the verge of going back to uh, life as a gay man and uh, finding relationship. And uh, um, but then every time that God brought drolsted me back to repentance, experiencing a freedom that's like I am not a slave to this person or this person or this person. And every time I was in a same-sex relationship or even. Uh, um, you know, lusting after that, after I came to know Christ at some point and, and, you know, just daydreaming about that. It was all about how does this person make me feel? Sure. And, uh, and that was, that was felt like slavery, whether I was acting on it or not, you know, after times after I, I, I came to know Christ, I, I never acted on that as far as a relationship goes, sure. but, uh, still trying to gain this response from someone, uh, like, you know, 
which is what we do many times when we're pursuing some, we want to earn this response from someone. And that, that felt like slavery. It felt like my value is in how this person responds to me. My value is in how they, if they find me attractive, uh, or, or so forth. And, 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 uh, but realizing that my identity is in Christ, my value is in Christ. And so I don't have to love this person based on what they do for me. And that can come in just completely platonic friendships because uh, sure. I've fallen down that road of having unrealistic expectations in friendships. And that's yeah. really easy for someone with same sex attraction to do is to idolize friendships and let friendships and community and fellowship try to fill that void of connection with men. That's where it'd be sure. so complicated to navigate. And I've seen in many times in places within the, the church, we can come to know Christ and the idols that we were serving uh, before we were Christians, we can continue to serve inside the church. Uh, maybe it's power and control. We can have power and control in the church. The the influence and image that we were finding in the secular world, we can have that, seek that in the church. And then what, you add same-sex traction into the mix, and what looks like something good of fellowship and community and deep relationships can actually be my desperate attempt to uh, to earn a certain response from a man or earn his affection or earn value from him. And so I always have to guard my heart when it comes to friendships and uh, community and fellowship of what am I actually looking for in this? And am I believing a lie that I need something from this person that God didn't make me to need? And so we, we need deeper friendship. We need deeper fellowship, better relationships. But just like with with all sin issues, man, like our hearts are deceitful and can twist so many things. Yeah. And, and so the enemy wants to come in and twist those relationships with inside the church and fellowship and friendships and really destroy them. Uh, and so we have to, as we walk alongside guys with same sex attraction, that's something to be aware of. And it's hard because some people would want to then pull back from community and relationships because they want to avoid that temptation. But it's like, we need to just navigate that really well as we live in community and in deep relationships uh, how to navigate what's going on in my heart and make sure we don't let our heart go there and let our hearts be exposed so that we can uh, then trust God to um, untwist what our hearts have twisted. Sure. So I, I kind of hear what you're saying there. And then what about times where you're like, and this is before you're with your wife, mm -hmm. this is short, probably the time, the season I met you. Um, obviously all of us still have struggles. Yeah. We all struggle in some way and yeah. we all are tempted in other ways. Like, that's universal for the Christian Absolutely. experience. But for you, what were some of those moments where you're a single guy, you're pursuing Jesus, you're using your gifts and skills and wiring to advance the kingdom where you were like, you know what? Uh, following Jesus is not just like a better life for me. This is the best life I've lived. Like, yeah, when have you experienced some of those seasons yeah. like in your past? I've experienced those seasons when Christians loved me well. And I experienced true, authentic, real, unconditional love. Uh, and so, like, I would have no doubt that you and Sarah were a part of that. Oh. Uh, when I was living in Lincoln and, you know, friends, we had the type of friendships that we could we could just show up at each other's houses and yeah. it's like, you know, meal time was just kind of a given at times. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so that gave me such a, um, 
different view. And I, I could tell different stories. Like when I moved to Kearney and my friend Kyle, uh, um, I was pretty much living on my car and sleeping in my storage unit. And uh, Kyle had pity on me and You're and a me. yeah, and just uh, <laughs> let me move into his basement for a few months. And he had like four little kids. And so I walk into the house, and uh, you know, it's chaotic and it's uh, crazy. There's a kid crying in the corner. There's you know all kinds of drama going on. So I would just be part of the family. I'd go see what I can do to help this kid stop crying and see you know what his problem is. And uh, and just I, I could walk in at any time. And and to realize that there is unconditional love uh, in the Christian community that is not dependent on my performance. It's not dependent on my looks. It's not dependent on romance, relationships, uh, a false identity. That there is unconditional love in a place where I can belong, a place where I can believe, a place where uh, this is so much more than uh, than me feeling good in the moment, but these relationships that I'm experiencing within the church are for eternity. Amen. These are my brothers and sisters in Christ. And those were moments where I realized this is so much bigger and better than anything that the world has to offer. That'll preach Brady. That'll preach. All right. Well, <laughs> with that good. said, uh, we've covered some great things today. So I'm, I'm really excited uh, about this podcast and that to have you co-hosting some episodes with me yeah. and uh, really looking forward to the future. So, so for everyone listening today, I just want to thank you for joining this very first episode of the Great Exchange Podcast. And I trust as you guys go on with your week that you can examine maybe the lies that you've believed about sexuality, about marriage, about our culture, and exchange those for God's truth. And I have no doubt as you do that, you'll experience some some of the freedom that both Jason and I have experienced from following Christ. Mm-hmm.